Our Psalter lesson comes from Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we come to our time of children's message, I wanted to make sure I pointed out to you there's something in the bulletin or online for you to download, and I'm hoping that you found it. It's a bookmark, and we honored mothers and women of the church who have guided us and shown us the way of the faith. And today, we honor fathers and those men of the church who show us the way of the faith. And there are lots of ways to show us the way of the faith. And we could talk about that for an awful long time. But I have to ask this question. And maybe you all can help me. Anybody have any good dad jokes? I gave you a couple. Anybody have any dads who tell any dad jokes? I thought there might be a couple. Oh. <laughs> Are you getting called out? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I love about watching people in church? Because occasionally an elbow goes. I won't call you out anymore. So the gift today is that there are lots of ways to be guiding us in the faith. And one of the things we know is that our faith is indeed strong and it's steady and God also calls us to be a people who remember that there is joy and that there is humor. I am hoping that you have someone in your life who you can gift this day. Whether it is a father, whether it is an uncle, whether it is a brother, 
whether it is someone that you know who tells a really good joke that you might recognize in this way. We give thanks to God for the wider church that reminds us that there is joy on this day. Would you pray with me for the gift of those men of the church who give us a broader sense of this on this day? Pray with me. Dear God, thank you for the men of the church who guide us and give us an example. Bless them and keep them strong as they give us humor on this day. Amen. Friends, there's a story that is told seeking to answer questions that we've asked over time about creation, and it goes like this. God made and named almost everything in creation. God made and named heaven and earth. God made and named the stars and the sun and the moon. God made and named even the first humans. Adam, calling him out of red earth, and Eve, meaning life. But when God made the animals, did you catch it? God didn't name them. <laughs> that interesting? God thought, so the story goes, I want Adam and the children of Adam to protect and care for them. Maybe if I let Adam name the animals, he will know them well and take better care of them. Well, when Adam heard that he could name the animals, he hopped and skipped and let out a hallelujah, and he ran right over to a brown furry with teeth, and that one who was laying under a tree, and he said, I'm going to name you. The brown furry opened one eye, yawned, and went back to sleep. Very soon, Adam realized he didn't know how to name the brown furry with teeth or any of the animals for that matter, so he sat right down on the brown furry to think about it, and all of a sudden it came to him, I know, I'm going to give each and every one of them a number. So when I call them, then I'll just yell out its number. Adam looked at the brown furry with teeth, lifted up his ear, and said, you're number one. The brown furry opened one eye, yawned, and went back to sleep. Adam spent the rest of the day numbering all the animals. He gave numbers to the slimy swimmers with no fins, the fuzzy hoppers with twitchy noses, the squeaky flyers with colored fins, the curly swingers with tails, the speedy crawlers with tiny feet, the 
scaly swimmers with red eyes and a whole bunch of gray and white and black furries with teeth, the ones that seem like they were related to that number one. And in the late afternoon, between numbering the tiny sand diggers and the swarming wood eaters, he lost count. And he plopped down on the brown furry with teeth and decided he needed a new plan. After a while, he said, I'm going to call all of the animals, hey, you. So he just had to remember one name. And so when he wanted a rock moved out of the way, what he really wanted was a gray, wrinkled up, long-nosed, big-eared, white-tusked, tree-eating stomper. Y'all know what that is, right? An elephant? Okay, just checking. He called out, hey, you. He didn't get that. Instead of the gray, nose, gray long nose, big-eared, white-tusked, tree-eating stomper, he got instead a nosy, real small, chirping-swinging, banana-eating animal that sat down and peeled the banana. Adam was discouraged, and he returned to the brown furry with teeth for a new plan, but nothing came to him. The brown furry woke up, and he just pushed Adam right into a nearby bush, growled a great growl, and he looked him straight in the eye and said, with all this talking, you never once thought to ask us, the animals, what would we like to be called? Now, I don't know what they call you. A skinny, hairless, red, footwalker like you. But they call me a bear. So Adam asked the animals what they wanted to be called, and they told him. From a holler monkey to a kangaroo, from a jumping spider to a rainbow trout, and on and on. And Adam and his family, they started taking care of the animals. Throughout the month of June, you and I, we've been studying God's love letter in creation and our call to discipleship. We started up in the mountains with the prophets and the leaders, and then we sought to find humility down in the dirt where our hands get dirty. And today, we turn to the generative creativity of the animal kingdom to learn about imagination and ingenuity of God who calls us to mirror God's own creativity in our relationships with one another. The old story that I just shared with you comes from the Midrashim. It's a Jewish and early Christian response to answering the openings of the questions of Scripture with other stories. The stories talk to one another across geography and generations and seek to bring a love of the Bible that shines forth a truth of who God is. God's care is seen throughout 
creation, just like you and I care for one another. For some of us, Father's Day is a day to honor the men in our lives with incredible pride. For some of us, it's got some kind of complicated emotions. Churches have been at the origin of Father's Day celebrations since the Middle Ages, when Joseph, the father of Jesus, was the origin of that day. More recently in Spokane, Washington in 1908, Sarana Smart Dodd, uh, one of the children who was of six of a widower, said, I want a day for my father like there is one for mothers. And she advocated to establish a commemoration for her dad. Her efforts ultimately took root in a national holiday as a campaign promise. Did you know this? It was reestablished as one of President Nixon's campaign promises in 1972. Took her a while to get the promise that she was looking for. But it's been much longer than 49 years of care and protection, steadfast love and refuge that you and I've known as far as God's creation, we see that same love of God reflected often in our own experiences of fathers and grandfathers, uncles and fathering figures. As a church, we're called to nurture and support the men of our community as they seek to manifest the love of God and reflect the discipleship of Jesus. We also see these examples present in nature. Did you know about seahorses or marmosets or the Janissade birds down in Jamaica? I love studying this. They're called Jesus birds for appearing to walk on water all of which have primary care for infants and protection of young. I also think about the symbiotic relationship where both animals benefit from the relationship and this glimpses God's great creativity. How about the crocodiles and the plover birds in the Nile that exist together for mutual benefit? or coyotes and badgers in the Great Plains, or look up tarantulas and hummingbirds if you want to see something really cool. Bringing together seemingly different animal needs across species that remind us that God has something more incredible in mind than we could ever imagine. There's a great story about Francis of Assisi. He lived in an Italian city called Gubbio, and there was a wolf on the outside of the town who was known to be terrifying and ferocious. And every time he came into town, he devoured the people and the animals. Francis is said to have compassion upon the townspeople, so he went outside of the town to meet the wolf. Now, the rest of the people weren't interested in doing this, and so they fleed. He made the sign of the cross and commanded the wolf to come near to him. 
The wolf closed his jaws, I'm glad for that, and laid down. Brother wolf, he says, you do a lot of harm in these parts, and all of the people curse you. But I want to make peace. Like many creative men might have done, Francis leads the wolf back into town. Can you imagine the faces of the townspeople as he's doing this? And the now repentant wolf is ready to show it. The wolf who'd done evil out of hunger now is fed by the townspeople. And in return, the wolf no longer preys upon them or the dogs of the area. In this manner, they're freed from the menace of the predator, and to show he means it, he puts his paw in the hands of Francis, so the story goes. The wolf lives years until old age, until he is missed at his death. Even from creation, do we hear about these praises of what God can do? Did you hear the psalm that Jackie read for us that began not from the righteous, not from those who suffered long, not from the children, not from their parents? It began from creation. The sun, the moon, the stars, sea dragons and wild beasts, it took 10 verses to get to any people. Jesus said to the crowd in Jerusalem on his last week, if the people remain silent, even the stones will cry out. The very existence of being was the reason for praise in the forests and the rain clouds, the cattle and the hail. Praise is not a response to the works of mercy or answered prayers. Praise was out of gratitude for life and existence. Praise was because God is. You and I, we join our alleluias and our praise the Lord's because we have seen God's hand at work in the world around us. Creatures great and small, as well as the love of God, reflected in the lives of those who've shown us God's character. So may it be that the very love of God is visible as we discover the care and creativity of the animal kingdom as well as human compassion through the fathers that you and I have come to know. This, my friends, is the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.